All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Random People, Random Questions, episode 13. I'm one of your hosts, Rohit Bagavathula. What's up, guys? Matt Taylor back here with two special guests. Uh, I got Joey from OPT and Javier uh, from SOS back in Boston. They're strength trainers with a with a, with a twist, and it's 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 we're, it's our pleasure to welcome these guys on. They've had profound impacts in, in me and Rohit's life, so I'm uh, I'm hoping they can have an impact on yours. Yeah, super cool episode. We're both really excited for it. Uh, Joey was our guest on episode 11. We sent it over to Javier and Javier loved it, listened to it. And, and here we are, the four of us. We're going to get something great going for you guys. So Joey, if you want to do a super quick reintroduction and then Javier, you want to do an introduction, we'll find a way to get into it. Yeah, my name is uh, Joey Bellis. It's uh, awesome to be back. I'm excited to hear what you guys are in for this episode, uh, especially I've heard a lot of good things about Javier already. So I'm excited to just hear from him. Uh, but yeah, I own a personal training and meditation studio out here in Mesa, Arizona. I do uh, personal training uh, and meditation coaching. And uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, I'm Javier Salinas and I'm out here in the, uh, the Northeast. Uh, that's where I've met Rohit. Uh, I'm in Chelmsford, Massachusetts currently. I'm a strength and conditioning coach. That wasn't my uh, first trade. I ended up switching careers to kind of find myself. Um, so I kind of had actually a whole path to find myself. And um, it sounds like I'm, I'm very interested in a lot of stuff that, that you are, Joey. So I'm really excited to find someone who is uh, kind of on the same path, it seems. Um, I always feel like sometimes uh, every day you kind of run into people with that you're just having like the normal everyday routine conversations. And then when you finally find someone that is into the stuff that you're into, it's uh, it's a really good thing. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, no, I think go ahead, came out, I, I was going to say how you're So we've already heard a little bit of Joey's story on episode 12, but tell us about a little bit about how you found yourself. Cause that was one thing that uh, Joey talked about a lot was kind of how he was always trying to be someone else. And like his family was trying to mold him to be somebody else that he, he wasn't. And we talked about the switch flipping and kind of like what, when he decided to go all in on himself, like I talk a little bit about that, uh, your journey through that. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, for, so for me, it was, um, more so not that I was trying to fit a certain mold. Um, it's just that I, it was the opposite. I felt like for me, I could fit in any mold. Um, I, I, so I'm a Pisces, uh, I'm a water sign. I'm, and I just feel like I'm just fluid in a lot of things. I feel like I'm my personality. I have always like growing up, um, friends have always described me to be like the person right in the middle. There's the one that's like the, there's the, when you think of like a group of friends, there's the ones that, that's like super shy. And then there's one on the other end who's super outgoing. And I've always been the one in the middle. Um, so I've always kind of identified as in the middle. And so for a long time, I didn't know what that meant and where I should go and what I should do. Um, because I felt like I could do anything. And that was overwhelming to me because I didn't know <laughs> what I should do with that. Um, I, and so, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, for me, I, I kind of found myself just by trying things. Um, that was probably one of the biggest things that I think that worked uh, the best for me is sometimes you don't know uh, until you try. So for me, I found kind of my path um, through, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I graduated college. Uh, I was more so into like business and all this kind of stuff. And just by trial and error, I just figured out that uh, what was for me. 
Um, and then I just kind of got into this period of my life where I just really dove into a bunch of like self-development books and all that kind of stuff uh, and started looking inward and all that. Um, but yeah, so I hope that answers some of your question. I think there was a, se a second part. Um, if you can refresh my memory. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying like, like basically take us through that, that time when you like found yourself. Was there like a one was there like a one day where you just woke up and you were like, I, I want to change or did, was there a lot of stuff that led you up to that? It was, yeah, it was a lot of stuff uh, that led me to that. And primarily it was just the feeling of being unhappy. Um, I just wasn't content with, with what I was doing at the time. And at that time I was working uh, in an office, I was just sitting behind a desk and I just knew that there was so much more that I could be doing. And um I just remember that I was just, yeah, I was just any, anything that was like self-development um, uh, related. I just was, that's all I was doing. I remember I literally used to be, I used to have my headset in um, where I would have to make calls all day. And then on the other side, I would be listening to uh, earbuds of like uh, Alan Watts or, or um, uh, things on YouTube from um, what's that guy, uh, Eckhart Tolle. Um, and I was just inspiring myself all day. So I, through that, through, uh, through that uh, whole scenario, um, I ended up just figuring out that, or actually what I should say is that one, one, uh, one thing that actually really changed me is uh, one of the books that I came across um, by, I'm trying to think of the author's name, Napoleon Hill. Have you guys heard of him? Uh, yeah, it, I know what book you're about to say, I think. Yeah, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. So I guess if, if I'm if I'm trying to like pinpoint the exact time that I physically felt and and, and felt myself change was when I read that book, um, and in that book it talked about um, burning bridges or no so not burning bridges it talked about like burning uh, burning your ships it, it kind of gave the story of uh, Hernan Cortez um, when he kind of came across the uh, came across the ocean with his fleet uh, and then basically. Um, him and his guys were, were getting ready to go to war. And I guess the, uh, the whole morale was, uh, was super down. Um, everyone wasn't really expecting to, uh, to come out alive. Uh, and he kind of, he could kind of sense that. Um, so then what he did was when he, when everyone got off the boat, uh, he ordered everyone to just completely burn all their boats. And that was their only way to get back. Um, so then obviously everyone started freaking out. That's the only way that they have now to, to, to go back to their homeland. And then, so he, and so the message of the book and the message of that story was he gave them two options. He was just like, all right, listen, we have two options. We're here now. We're, we're, we're here to fight and take over this land or whatever, go to war. So either we die here or we win, get their boats and then get the hell out of here. And then, so having those two options, um, what happened, they ended up winning, they got their boats and they all went back home. And then, so that, uh, that mentality is, I think what, uh, led me to where I am right now, what helped me find myself in the sense that um, I realized that I'm the type of person that I almost need to have my back against the wall and, and, and burn, uh, so quote unquote, my, these ships uh, so that I can find my path. And then, I mean, through trial and error, yeah, I found strength and conditioning and then that's how I found Rohit. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Guys, Kim and uh, Joe, you guys got anything to say on that? Yeah, Joey, it looked like you were smiling a little bit through, through the whole story. So we'd love yeah, to I know I can relate a lot to uh, what Javier is saying, you know, just like, I feel like for me, a lot of times that's just what it was. 
a lot of times it wasn't at a choice. It was just, this is the only option forward. This is the only way that my business is going to grow. This is the only way that I'm going to be able to get myself out of this situation is to completely go all in in this way. And then you, it's like a forced growth. You have, you put yourself in these uncomfortable situations with, there are no other options. It's like, uh, you just make it happen. You make it work. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really curious to see, you know, cause I'm in this strength and conditioning field, right? I'm a, around a lot of quote unquote me heads. I remember when I used to do a spoken word poetry, I did a spoken word poetry for like four years and I would compete in competitions and I'd get done with my poem and people would be like, wait, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I'm a, a strength and conditioning coach. I'm a personal trainer. And people were like, wait, what? I thought you guys were all like this and all like this. And I think in our field, it's so, there's such a, uh, a wasted opportunity to connect with people on a deeper level because people are coming in for their bodies, but Javier knows it's, it's deeper than that. It's always deeper than that. It's always confidence or self-esteem or body image that stems from an upbringing or some type of a trauma or a bad relationship. And it opens up these doorways to all kinds of conversations or other ways for people to approach how they heal themselves. Cause it's like the body is the vessel for the spirit. And if you're not taking care of the body, your spirit can't grow. Yeah. So for me, it's why people always ask me, especially now that I've been teaching meditation and it's really taking off, why don't you just do meditation? Why don't you just do coaching? I say, because that's not the only way in. I want to teach people how to have a healthy life for a long period of life because you learn a lot about yourself and your thoughts when you're on the treadmill, when you're under the squat rack, when you're in the sauna, you're in the ice. And that's where you really find out who you are not just sitting in a room in silence and breathing for hours on end. That's great. It's a modality, but there's all these other people that are coming in here for reasons untapped. So I'm really curious to see, I guess, Javier's perspective of why do you think there is a lack of that in our industry and why our coaches and trainers, they're not even open to hearing that, you know, you go to a strength and conditioning conference and it's nothing but lectures on how to maximize a program, how to get your athletes faster, how to get your athletes stronger, sprinkled on top of maybe a, a couple little mindfulness exercises that they don't actually personally practice. They just, read about it and they think it sounds good, but they don't actually have any uh, experience in it. So from, from your perspective, Javier, I would just wonder like, do you find yourself battling that? And why do you think there is such a lack of that in our field? No, yeah, 100%, I 100% I, I agree. I have always thought that, uh, or I found out as soon as I got into this industry that the trainers, strength conditioning coaches, whatever you wanna call them, realistically should have like some sort of like psychology degree because you know, <laughs> it's not like I it's not just about oh I want to get fit but you but just like you said there's okay why do you want to get fit like what what is the what what is like the literally underlying message and um hey yeah I, I, I've been trying to figure out why there is that disconnect but I just I think it, it ultimately is just it may just be part of our culture unfortunately um the this whole meditation practice mindfulness practice I don't think it's really or I, I think now it's it's growing in our in, in this area in our country um so I'm excited to see kind of how strength conditioning is going to develop from then because you cannot have one without the other. You can't have a strong body and a weak mind because it doesn't work that way. Um, and I subconsciously, or not subconsciously, but unconsciously, I've been uh, helping people with that. And I think that's just because of my own interest in the mind, um, in the power of thought and all that kind of stuff that I 
love to talk about this stuff with people. And then uh, I just, it, it ends up clicking for, for some people and then for others, not just because there is that disconnect. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that you say that because that's, that's exactly what I've thought ever since being in this field is that I should have went to school for, for psychology because I'm just hearing so much more um, than I ever expected working with people on a daily basis who, when I first met them, they just told me they wanted to lose five pounds. They just told me what they wanted to get fit for summer or for a wedding. And then it's like just like peeling an onion. You're just getting so much more out of that. And I've just learned to honestly keep on asking why until I get to the very root. So the people will start with, oh, I want to lose weight. Okay, why? Oh, because I want to look better in my dress. Why? Oh, because then I think my husband may like me more. Why? And then you just keep on asking why until you finally get to that one last answer. And it always ends up being something super internal for them. And then that's, I think, when you can make a change. That's when you can actually transform somebody. Yeah, yeah. So I have a question for, for you guys. And I think, Tabor, this will be interesting to hear your perspective, too, because while those two are strength and conditioning coaches, you're a professional athlete. Like, you have to use your body for a living. Um, and that question is, what do you think gets to that root? Like, what do you think about physical training it is that gets to that root? So I hear physical training, and, and the title of the episode that me, Tabor, and Joey did was The Power of Now, which is obviously re- related to Eckhart Tolle, which you've read, Javier. Yes. And when I think strength and conditioning – the thing that I really like about it is that I'm not thinking of anything else. I'm almost like a zombie, but in a good way, because the only thing that I can possibly focus on is whatever I'm doing in that moment, whether it's a squat, a deadlift, a bench running, whatever it might be. I feel like I can't think of anything else. So Tabor, especially in a sport where the mental game is very important. I would love to hear your perspective then Javier and Joey into why you think strength training helps really get into that route better than maybe a therapist would not in all cases, not to, to bag on therapy, but Strength training can be therapy in a way. So long-winded question, but would love to hear what you guys think. I would say, I mean, I'll kind of answer both questions, but I think the reason why, and Joey and Javier can comment on this too. I think the reason why, like you could say, a strength coach could connect and help somebody's life more than say a therapist could is because it's a two-way street and they're both sides are like in mutual agreement, like, like wanting to get better you know what i mean usually when people go to therapy they're kind of like they're kind of like if they're kind of like in or out um but like i feel like when people go to like like to a gym they're like expected to push themselves they're expected to like fight for kind of like what what they want which is like whether it is lose five pounds but again like javier said it's why 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 and that the reason why they're in there isn't to lose five pounds because of something that happened way down the road um and i mean that that that's kind of the mentality i take into my training sessions is i just like like what you said is you you don't think about anything that what's going on like in that current moment i'm the opposite like i'm in there like visualizing myself having success like visual like almost making unnecessary correlations like this if, if i get one more rep here it's and then i'm like visualizing myself striking out one more guy than i would have you know what i mean and so i guess that that's kind of like answering both questions there but it's uh Javier brought up the 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 counseling thing, the psychology. Because I've been thinking about going back and getting my master's. There's a school in California that does shamanism psychology. And that's kind of the path that I'm walking right now, right? This medicine man practicing uh, to do to be a shaman. You know, that's like something down the road for me. And I'll never forget my very first client. I was 19 years old and I got this lady, and she's already 
in good shape by if you looked at her she's in great shape we're probably 20 minutes into my this is my very first client i've ever had and it's at 24 hour fitness and uh she breaks down and starts crying and it's like my husband wants me to look like a cheerleader i don't look like a cheerleader i need to look like a cheerleader he doesn't like the way that i look and she just starts crying we're in the it's like 5 30 p.m prime time at the gym I'm 19 is my first client and I'm just sitting there with my clipboard. Like, I don't know what to do right now. People are looking at me like, dude, did he just break this lady's back? Why is she crying? Did he say something? Did he... And I'm just like, oh my God, what is happening? And I just remember leaving that session and I'm really grateful for it now. And I just started diving into books and reading about this and that. Cause I was like, holy cow. Uh, I did not expect that. Never in any of my courses, none of the books, None of the seminars, no one ever taught me that this is going to happen to you in some way, shape or form if you take on a, a coaching role. And I felt so overwhelmed in that moment. But now people are like, I don't know, I'm crying in the sauna or crying in the ice bath. I don't know, I'm crying in the workout today. I'm, I'm so used to it now. It's like, well, no, this is perfect. We're just pulling back these layers, like Javier is saying, digging into that why. This is why you came here, actually. But it just manifested in a completely different way. And sometimes our biggest defenses are our bodies. And so we use our body to like put up these walls and these fences. And as you start to break them down from all these different things that you guys are talking about, you have nowhere to go except for ugh, out here. And I'm going to express how it is that I'm feeling right now. Yeah. I, um, what, one thing I'm really excited to see is, uh, is, is, is for as long as I've been following strength and conditioning, um, I still think this field is, is super young in, in where it is. And uh, I think the missing piece is this whole like men, the, the mental side of strength and conditioning. It's easy to get someone to lift X amount of weight. It's easy to get someone strong. All you have to do is just show them how to lift properly and then track all their numbers and then add five pounds every week for the next however many weeks and they'll get stronger. Um, but it's, it's a lot harder to, um, to make that a lasting effect. And I was reading this book. Um, I'm curious if you guys have heard of it. Uh, the men on magic carpets. Mm -mm. All right. So it, it's, uh, it's actually, um, a story about Pete Carroll, the, uh, the, the coach for the Seattle Seahawks. And, um, I was, I was just absolutely blown away by this book and this is, I think, where I hope strength and condition, uh, conditioning is going. Um, and it, and uh, basically, it talks about how, like Pete Carroll, like under the, uh, um, like under what, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, in, in the sidelines is, is is trying to almost create like super athletes and almost super warriors, pretty much by using um, uh, like shamanistic tactics of of building a team and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, 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 drawing, I'm drawing a blank on, on some of the things that he was doing, but there was one thing in the book they, they call uh, the long body. Have you guys ever heard of um, like the hive mindset? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hive mindset. Yeah. So then, uh, but yeah, that's like, that's, that's what this, the long body um, refers to. And he would kind of like put, he would uh, take the cer certain team members, obviously like the offensive line, defensive line or whatever, um, and then put them through certain scenarios uh, with such repetition that eventually they form this um, 
superficial long body like so they they start almost moving and performing and thinking in unison and all that kind of stuff um and that's the first time i've ever actually heard the connection of um like sports and um physical or strength training um and then also um, mental training and training the mind and all that kind of stuff so i was curious if you guys have heard of that um I finished that book probably last summer and I've been meaning to read it again, but that was the first time I've ever heard of uh, the mix or the, the two. And ever since then, that just completely blew me away. And I really hope that that's where strength conditioning is going. I've never heard, I mean, I've heard of Hive Mind, but I've never heard of that applied to sports before, but I feel like that could be applied to any organization, which is cool, right? Like some of the, like Apple, that's what Apple did when they were developing the first Mac and it turned into like the biggest hit in the world is how do you get all these people to kind of think along those same lines and move as one? Do you think that there's anything tied into sports that makes it easier to do that? Obviously, I just listed companies as an example. Uh, maybe a nonprofit could be an example, right, where it doesn't really have anything to do with athletics or moving the body, but it does have to do with, it's very uh, mentally heavy, right, the things that you're doing, very business-based, very, high, I think this, I think this, whereas athleticism is a lot of just reactions and using your body to be able to do something. Do you see any correlation there between the ability to create that like unison and also use your body and, and that athleticism aspect? When you guys were talking about that, the hype mentality, and I know you were reading this book. I don't know if you finished it, wrote the four agreements. What I think about is like uh, people living in integrity, you know, to create that hive mentality, it's, you know, with Pete Carroll and I love Pete Carroll and I'm, I'm going to check that book out. Cause I didn't, I didn't know that that book was about that. But one of the things is, is teaching people, Hey, if you say you're going to do this, then that's what you do. I'm going to say, I do this and this is what I'm going to do. And now we're working towards a common goal, but I'm not worried about you and what it is that you're doing because you've earned my trust by the fact that you honor your integrity, no matter what it is, you're gonna focus on this play, not the next play, not five plays down the road, it's this play. And, and when everyone's living in that integrity, it creates that, that momentum. You know, you look at the bees and the hive, each bee has a task that all the thousands of bees aren't like, what's the Javier bee doing? What's the Matt bee doing? What's the Rowett bee doing? Is the queen bee even know what she's doing? They're all like, you know what? This is our task. This is what we're going to do. And it works in perfect harmony. That's when you live in integrity. It's another word of saying I'm living in harmony with my day-to-day -day actions. And on a team, for example, I've watched Tabor. You know, he comes in here, he busts his ass. He's doing things that I probably, if I were to just guess based on a lot of the athletes I've worked with, they're not putting in the hours and the things that Tabor's doing behind closed doors and getting these extra throws in. But if every single person on his team is doing that without Matt, having to check on them when it comes to game time it's like oh dude i already know row it he got his he got his swings in so i'm not worried about if his swings are going to be good javier's going to catch me no matter if i'm throwing uh heat that day or if i'm all over the place javier has worked on his craft so well that i don't have to worry about if he's going to catch this dirt ball if I, I throw it and then we don't have to worry about it when Tabor steps on the mound did he get good sleep did he drink too much last night is he in his head because he can't get his anxiety in control now we're all doing what we say so when we show up that's that momentum, that's that hive. And I think that's really important, especially in sports, because you can see it. You can talk all you want, this and that, whoop-de-whoop, -whoop, but when you it's time to play, your integrity is gonna show, oh man, this guy wasn't working, he's not in shape, he hasn't taken his arm care, he's got no endurance, and that takes away from that hive momentum or that hive mindset, because now I'm like, 
man, Matt said this and now he's doing that, man. He's not really about it. And that just creates a lot of dysfunction, a lot of blame, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, which is why teams are so dysfunctional. And you look at someone like Tom Brady, right? And I know Matt could, you know, being from Boston or all you guys, I don't know if you're from Boston. It's like, hey, Tom Brady is that dude on and off the field. No matter what it is, if he yeah. says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. So then he shows up to a dysfunctional organization like Tampa with all kinds of guys that have had behavioral issues, off the field, domestic issues, performance issues. And then they go there and they win the Super Bowl. And everyone's like, well, it's because Tom Brady is here. And whatever he says, he not only does it, but he's in there doing it with us. And so uh, that's I've never heard of it described like that. But I would I would just say when you're not living your integrity, then you're taking away from the high. Joey, what, what I thought of when you were just talking was purpose. Right. So everyone has their own purpose on a team, but then the purpose of the whole team is to win. And the only way the team can win is if each person is, is true to their purpose and doing what they're supposed to do. So I'm going to start off by asking Tabor this question. And this is a very loaded, huge question. So Tabor, if you don't want to go first, that's fine. Uh, but it's something we talked about on an episode a long, long time ago, might've been episode two or three. Actually, this might've been the young fetus episode, <laughs> which is what is a human being's purpose in life so that's a loaded question so what do you think the purpose of an individual human being is and then what do you think the purpose of humanity as a whole is huge 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 loaded question but i figured we got three people that think along these lines in the room might as well just go for it and see what comes so Tabor, only because we we talked uh a, a while ago probably 10 episodes ago about the relationship between purpose in, in humanity and love uh, i don't know if you remember that but would love to hear i do I what, do. What you think. So what is the purpose of every human being's life? I mean, this is, I could go very in depth here, but in my opinion, it's quantify. If you want to quantify it, it's how many people have you impacted in a, in a positive way. I think that is like the quantifiable measurement of like the, your purpose in life is to just impact people. And I think your purpose is also your passion. And so if you can impact people, or I should say, you're going to be able to impact the most amount of people if you follow your passion and like, like go out, go after something you're passionate about. You know what I mean? If it, I'm going to be able to impact way more people if I'm hundred percent, like enjoying something rather than like 50% in 50% wanting, like, you know, do something else. You know what I mean? What was the second question? It was fucking, no, the purpose it was um, <laughs> the two questions. I don't know which I asked first were, what's the purpose of like each individual human? Like what is someone's purpose in life? And then what is like the purpose of all humanity, I guess. So I guess that's a little bit more loaded really into like religion, yeah, yeah. Reality. but uh, humanity, I think going back to that hive mind, right? We all have our individual purpose. And then at the end, it's all tied into some goal. You know, it's something you hear a lot in spirituality is raising consciousness. They're like, ah, oh, the goal of humanity is to raise the consciousness of the earth or things along those lines. Um, but it's really hard to think about what as a whole, we can all work towards because if we are all part of the same team, which is team humanity, and we all have our individual purpose, what do those all completely separate individual purposes lead to? Like what unifies us as a human race? Yeah, that's a loaded ask question. Um, I, th I, think, I think I should become like a TV host. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so what uh the first thing I thought about, like like I'm just thinking about like the first thing my mind went to 
um, when you ask that uh, is, again, this, uh, this is really dependent on like your beliefs and all that kind of stuff. But where my mind went was the purpose of, of, I guess I could answer it by the purpose of humanity. And I think that would apply to the purpose of an individual. But I think that the purpose of humanity, the purpose of the individual is to grow. I think that um, I, I mean, I've just been wondering that question like my entire life, like what, what is my purpose? I mean, do I have a purpose? Am I assigned a purpose? Do I make my own purpose? Whatever it is, I don't know. But what I choose to believe is that when my life is done, if I have the opportunity to look back at my life, I want to know that I started off at level one and I'm now at like level 10. I just think that the way I think um, things in nature, uh, everything is in constant change. Everything, nothing stays the same. Um, and that's something I've always thought of. And I've always believed that nothing lasts forever, not even happiness, not even pain, not sickness, nothing lasts forever. Everything is always changing. Um, things outside in nature are evolving. And I think we're no different. Um, the way we lived a hundred years ago is completely different than the way it is now. And then a hundred years from now, it's going to be completely different. And then a hundred years from then, it's going to be even more different. So I think that naturally us as humans are just constantly yeah. evolving. And I don't know what we're evolving to. Obviously we're not there yet. Um, but I just think that the purpose of humanity and the purpose of the individual is to grow, to evolve, and in, in, I, I want to say, and in, in obviously do good and be good. I mean, if, if, if I want to add, or if you can add that, but um, that was where my mind went at first. Joey, I'd be yep. good to hear what, what you think now that we've heard from Javier and Taper. Man, um, what I always go to for me personally is I always tell myself, you know, for me is how much can I unfold? You know, that's like a lotus, like the lotus flower. How much can I unfold? And in that unfolding, for me personally, it's how much can I heal? And the more that I heal, it's like, well, then I can practice more love. I can practice more compassion. I can practice more forgiveness. And so for me, at the end of my life, if I look back and I die, it's like, I would want people to be like, man, he practiced a lot of love. He gave a lot of compassion. He forgave as many people as he could that wronged him. And we all come into this life and there's going to be certain traumas that happen to us, failures, abuses, addictions, fucked up family lives. And I think one of the hard things about that is depending on when and where you're born in this world, completely, you know, it's a cosmic roll of the dice, as my friend Tucker Newhouse uh, likes to say, it's a cosmic roll of the dice. And so like someone that's born in Africa into child slavery and their parents get murdered in the middle of the night uh, because Joseph Coney you know, it's like going to be hard for them to figure out their purpose in life. It's going to be hard for them to figure out a passion because they're just trying to survive. And but maybe in that lesson is how much can I learn about this situation? And like Javier said, is how much can I grow? That's the unfolding. How much can I unfold? Because in that unfolding, you learn more and more and more and more about yourself. And so for me, it always backs to how much can I learn about myself? How much can I unfold? How many ideas can I put into the world? Good, solid ideas that if someone comes in OPT, I know when they walk in and when they walk out, they're going to leave a little bit shinier. They're going to leave with a bigger smile on their face. They're going to feel welcome. They're going to feel warm. 
so that's me personally, right? right? It's like, how much can I unfold? How much can I heal? And then through my own healing, I'm going to be able to help other people. Uh, when I look at humanity, you know, I've talked about this before is I don't believe in world peace. And the reason I don't believe in world peace is you can go back. It's never happened. You know, you can look at the most enlightened beings on the planet. You know, it's never been there. It's never done that. So I don't personally subscribe to that. But I do think that every person on planet Earth should be concerned about Earth. I think one thing that people don't talk enough about, or I'm sure Javier can get into the, this too. It's like, if I'm a strength and conditioning coach, I'm like, hey guys, we're going to organize this thing around planting 10,000 trees. It's like, I'll get laughed off the stage because everyone wants to talk about how to get bigger biceps and bigger quads. And it's like, no, man, if we're really concerned about humanity, then what are we doing to this planet? Because we should be concerned about preserving what gave us all light. And we're not, we're not as a whole, we're not united in that. And I think for me, what I would put my faith into, or what I would say that, that we're here for is to not only heal ourselves, but then in turn, heal the planet, because that's going to give you a lot to focus on. And that's going to just be goodness, no matter what, no matter what you say, how you want to cut it, you going out and planting trees or growing a garden that provides fresh food, that's good for everyone, it's good for me, it's always going to be good, no matter what. And so uh, I think if people were to realize that, a lot of things would change, we'd have to slow down a lot. We'd have to stop trashing so many things. We'd get, we'd stop trying to accumulate so much stuff and build and go, which creates so much disconnect from people. And I think if we focused on that, it would create a lot more, uh, you know, that could be a hive mentality of like, man, everyone should be worried about this planet and what it is that I can do to, to make this planet a little bit better than when I left it. I think that would be, uh, if people can unfold in a way that they realize that, um, that's true growth for, in my eyes, you know, like Javier said, like, uh, we're all these like little plants growing, but we don't take time to recognize that in the own, the mother earth that provides everything that we know of in existence. Cool. Those, those are good answers, especially considering I just kind of popped that on you guys, which, which led me to this next question. Um, so based on those kind of three answers, so Joey, I'm going to put yours into the category of, uh, unraveling yourself. Uh, Javier, I'm going to put yours into the category of growth and Tabor, I'm going to put yours into the category of uh, impacting others. So I'll start off with a, with a way that I think, and then I'll ask the question. So a way that I think is if I fill up my cup enough, it'll flow onto others rather than me giving from an empty cup. I find that I'm much happier when I think about filling up my cup. And I find that everyone else is around me is much happier when I think about filling up my cup rather than giving from an empty spot. So my question is, when you are unraveling yourself and when you're growing, or is it possible to unravel yourself, right? Get rid of the bad stuff, add more good and grow without impacting others. And is it possible to impact others without yourself unraveling yourself, understanding yourself better and growing? Does that make sense? Right? Is, is it possible to impact others without doing the other two? And is it, is it possible to do the other two without impacting others? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Joe, Joey had a quote from his last little, little five-minute spiel there, and it was—I forget exactly what he said, but basically, it was like you can't—you can't give externally until you're like whole internally. Um, and so, like that—that that part of the equation that you're talking about makes sense. Like, like I'm full—I'm in full agreement with you that you should fill up your own cup before you give to others because you're not going to be, you're not going to be happy. And there's just an aura that you kind of ca care, carry with yourself when you kind of just like 
don't have enough for yourself. You know what I mean? Like what Nate say last episode, like you might be with your mom 25% of the time, your girlfriend 5% of the time, but you're with yourself 100% of the time. And you got to, at the end of the day, you got to take care of yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that the more you, the more you can grow, the more you can become a better person, then you're going to have a more positive aura around you and you're going to, the law of attraction, you're going to attract more like, like-minded people, positive people, and then before you know it, you're going to have an entire community, which then impacts millions. So t- sorry to cut you off, Javier and Joey, if you, if you were going to respond to that, but Tabor rebuttal question, right? So I, I talked about fill your own cup and let it flow onto others, which I do think is, is still the case. But you said something that made me think about, is it possible to truly give to others if you are not filling up your own cup? So let's say you're giving from a half cup and you're giving to other people, you're volunteering your time, you're helping people out, you're donating money, whatever it might be. Is it possible to continue that at a pace? So let's say for every one thing you do for someone else, you do one thing for yourself. Do you think it's possible to continue giving, uh, giving heartily and selflessly at that pace? Or do you almost have to give to yourself slightly more than you give to others? So you do two for others, you do three for yourself, and that helps you both fill up your cup and help others. Like, what is, what do you think that relationship looks like? And, and I'm asking you specifically because I think you're someone that's really, really good and has a great understanding of when to do things for yourself and when you are able to help others. I've known that for a very long time. So what's your take on that? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. I think, I, I so I, I don't know, going back to like the talking about humanity in general, right? Kind of like the flow of life. Like, I think if everybody just filled up their cup without giving to others at all, and then once their cup was full and they had kind of everything, everything they wanted, then you kind of just cut the top off and then everything else goes to others. You know what I mean? And if the, if, if it flowed, like if 50 year olds were like, fill, had their cups full and gave it to all the 20 year olds, then the 20 year olds took all that and then filled their cups and just gave it back down. It'd probably be the best system in the world. Do you, you know what I'm trying to say there? Yeah, I think I do. Right. So like people can give themselves all the riches in the world, all the success in the world. But they don't actually become, you hear this from every person who achieves, oh, Taylor cut out. Well, you hear this from every person who achieves stereotypical success and doesn't have any spiritual happiness is they weren't giving anything, right? They weren't actually developing themselves, even though they became really rich, they became very successful, whatever it is, they all regret not being able to give back more. So I do agree with what he was saying. I think um, when we are all focused on trying to help others as well as elevate ourselves in the right ways that can happen. But I guess back to the original question, what do you guys think? Javier, you're talking about you're muted. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, uh, I think that, um, I mean, for me personally, uh, <clears throat> I think that I find more gratitude or I've, I've, I've noticed in myself that when I am giving to someone else that in and of itself makes me feel like I'm filling up my own cup. Um, it's, it's, I don't know if you guys, if I don't know if you guys have experienced it, but sometimes like, um, just doing something good for someone else. I mean, I guess it just speaks to like your character or, or the type of person you are, but sometimes doing something for someone else is just feels so much better than doing it for yourself. Um, so I, I, th- I think that that's kind of the question that you were asking, but, um, for me, I, I mean, if, if the, if the whole, if the whole earth had this mentality, I think kind of back to, uh, what Joey was saying, um, 
maybe that's when peace can be achieved. Uh, Cause I don't think there's ever been, obviously there, there's never been peace uh, throughout, through uh, humanity, but um, for me, I just have always noticed, or I, I've, I've felt that I hate spending money on myself, but I like spending money on other people. And so that kind of reminds me of kind of what your question was, Rohit, um, filling up your cup versus filling up someone else's cup. And for me personally, I think that filling up someone else's cup, I just know how that will make me feel. And in turn, that would end up filling my cup. So I think it is possible to, the second part of your question, fill someone else's cup without in turn necessarily necessarily filling up your own cup, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Joey, what do you think? So oh, I'm gonna, nice. So it's a loaded question. So I'm gonna hit you with some Rowett, some loaded answers, but also maybe some loaded questions back towards you. So one of the things is that scarcity just creates more scarcity. And I think one of the things that you have to be, I'm speaking for personal experience, is that um, when you're trying to fill up other people's cup, but you don't have enough in your reservoir, you're only filling up their cup halfway. You know, so if I want to engage with someone fully and I'm not fully there, I'm only going to give you maybe a few drops and it doesn't actually help you understand how to fill your own cup up or provide you with any type of sense or, or relief or maybe just instant. But if I know how to fill my cup up because I went out there and I dug the well, I know how to save the water, I know how to store it. I'm going to teach you how to fill up your own cup, right? So you don't have to keep coming back to me to fill up your cup. Because if I have a bunch of rowets out there wanting me to fill up their cups, I can't do that. And that leaves me drained of my energy versus, hey, look, I got some, I got some water right here for Matt. I'm going to fill up his cup, but I got to go back to my well that I dug and refill up mine so that I can help the next Matt. But if Matt keeps coming back to me because he needs his cup full and say, Matt, bro, you need to get it together, man. We got to figure out some tools to where you can get your own well. You got to get your own cup. Here's how you dig. Here's how you uh, filter the water. And look at now you're self-sufficient on your own. And now you can teach someone else to do that. And so I think uh, it does feel really good to help people. You know, I've been really fortunate enough to be able to do community service projects, not only here in the U.S., but internationally. And some of that was done out of inauthenticity because there was something in me that was like, man, if I keep doing good, maybe I will be good. If I keep doing good, I will be good. And then when the shift for me happened to where it's like, I'm good as I am, my community service projects became a lot less frequent, but way more impactful because I wasn't feeling up from a place of lack of worthiness or I do this because people say nice things about me, you know, because when I stopped, when I, when I started pulling back and doing these things, filling other people's cup, they'd be like, what's wrong with you? Are you like not wanting to do community service? Are you like, what happened? I said, well, no, man, I just have to focus more on me. So then when I go out there and I serve the community, I can fill your cup up fully and I don't have to, it's not going to drain me completely. And so uh, uh, I think the first always is foremost is, you have to fill your cup up first and know where to get your water from, how to store, how to save it. So that way, when I do fill other people's cup, not only can I fill it, but I can teach them how to fill up their own cups. And, uh, and then that's, again, it's just that ripple effect that goes out to, to more and more people that makes true impacting changes, like long lasting impacting changes. Same thing like with Javier. It's like, if we have clients and they just come to us because they don't work out, unless they're with us, we're not doing our jobs correctly. We're not educating them. It's like, Hey man, look, we got a program. We're going to get you on a program. And maybe after that, you just come with me for maintenance, but I want to see you be able to do this stuff without me, not just always coming to me because for whatever reason, you can't get on a, in a way to where you can fully do it on your own. 
you might need some some tune-ups and your programs might change but ideally i want you to be able to quote unquote fill your own cup up without me there but you might just come with me for maintenance yeah that was yeah. cool go, oh, Javier, go ahead no, no no i was gonna say that's uh it's, it's funny to hear you say that too because um i think we're, uh, i wouldn't i don't say the we are, but I, I, I think we are probably one of the very few uh, industries that when we get a client, our end goal is to lose that client. And that kind of just goes with exactly what you were saying. Um, and that's exactly how I picture it too. It's funny that I, I, and I don't think the client or the person on the other end sees that. Um, but ultimately, yeah, you're, when you're working with someone at that level, your, your goal is to get them to the point where they no longer need you, where, where, uh, they are self-sufficient and they can fill their own glass. So, yeah, I like the way you worded that. I think it goes back to, what is it? The, the quote, it's like, um, you can give a man a fish and you'll feed him for a day, but teach a man a fish and you'll feed him for his life, you know? So, uh, you know, it, it's all about, I think. This analogy might be totally incorrect, but this is how it's being put together in my head is when you're giving from scarcity, you're giving someone a fish, but when you're giving from abundance, you're teaching someone how to fish and how to fish for others and how to teach others how to fish and, and things like that. Um, and, and one of the things I thought about actually, when you guys were talking about the world purpose was um, part of it to me is to be able to teach and to be able to learn from each other. So Tabor, you said impact, and, and I'm going to bring it back to the five freedoms, so contributive freedom. To me, it's to be able to contribute and being able to choose how you contribute. And then when you are able to contribute in the way that is most authentic and most true yourself, you're able to come out of abundance and, and help other people the most. And when everyone's doing that, you're able to truly learn from other people the most that you can is how I think about it. Tabor, you're like smiling or you look really intense here in the moment right now, so... Maybe that's yeah. I, I guess so. I guess I'm good. I've been I've been thinking about this for the past five minutes. So I don't know if uh, Javier or you, Joe, got a chance to listen to episode twelve um, with Nate, but and Derry. Basically, we just uh, we just had them like tell stories, and I kind of thought a cool way to end these episodes would now be kind of like with story time, like telling stories about what we talked about in the episode. So I think it'd be super cool if each of us just went around real quick and just talked about a time that somebody else filled up your cup. Damn, that's that's tough. That's a good one. I think it's almost, it's almost hard to think about the last time that someone did something really good for you like that. And it might not be because people aren't doing good things for you, but it might be because in the ebb and flow and daily tasks and grind of life sometimes it's hard to even recognize or be so truly grateful for someone doing that so i know i have to think a little bit about the last time that someone uh really helped fill my cup Tabor, you again you're, you look antsy you look like you're ready to go do you <laughs> yeah. mind I, I i've got a few but i think man the, the time somebody like really really fill my cup up and well, and, and I'm going to use a baseball analogy because I think that's uh, that's just the way I relate best. You know what I mean? All, all everything, my life revolves around baseball, but whatever. But anyways, when I was in high school and my freshman and sophomore year of high school, like nobody believed in me. I was always too small to be any good. I was always like to this or to that. There was always an excuse. And there was one guy who always believed in me and it was, it was Scott and Kim, you know, Scott, but 
he always believed in me and that was one thing that he he didn't he probably never even like realized how much it meant just to have him like believe in me you know what i mean but that filled my cup up more than like anything i could have ever ever asked for because like it was it was something that i needed so bad in my life and it was almost just like scott's presence just gave that to me you know what i mean and he would have never been he would have never been able to do that for me if he didn't believe in himself believe in what he built believe in everything around him you know what i mean yeah definitely when whenever this episode comes out you better send that part to him <laughs> yeah and and let him know but yeah that's awesome that, that he believed in you to that i mean obviously you've been so successful since then he believed in you in a time where not very many people did so really good stuff there joey javier you got anything or should i try to come up with something I'm still thinking about mine. Yeah, I, I'm digging deep right now in the in the vaults to uh to to uh think about that. So if you have something, yeah, <clears throat> the first thing that came, you know, I guess also tying into this whole topic, I believe through personal experience, when you're on your path, people fill up your cup all the time because they see that you're out there on your purpose. So they're gonna add a little splash to your your cup when you're on your purpose, and I think that's a really good sign that you're on your path you're on on your you're walking your purpose is when people continuously have these offerings for you to keep going and and one of the most powerful times that filled my cup but taught me how to dig my well is i uh my second time being out in peru i took uh four of my college athletes we are out there uh i'm helping build a school out in peru in the jungles of uh, uh charapa peru and uh, I, we raised this amount of money to go out there to help with this school. And I met this couple out there and uh, we took this walk, this two hour walk in the jungle. And the guy pulled me aside and he said, hey, man, I want to talk to you. And I was like, all right. And he was like, uh, tell me about your life story right now and tell me how you got these kids out here. And I was like, all right. So I just told him about my life story, everything that's happened to me, whatever, whatever. And that night at dinner time, he looked at his wife and he said, Jenny, do you think Joey would be, uh, he would do well at the Hoffman process? And she looked at me, she goes, yeah. And he looked at me, he goes, hey man, when you get back to the States, I want you to email me. I'm going to send you to this program called the Hoffman process. And I was like, all right, okay, I will. And I didn't even know what it was, right? We're in the jungle. I have no idea what it is. And then when I got to the airport in Lima, he, he had already emailed me because he left a few days earlier than me. And he said, hey, don't forget when you get back to the States, uh, tell me the dates that you want to take this Hoffman process and I'll send you. And I was like, man, this is some MLM scam. This is some like this fool is in the jungle. He's just like hyped up on humanity right now. Like I, whatever, whatever. And so then I didn't even know what this thing was, this Hoffman process. And so I went on the internet and I, I checked it out and <clears throat> you could, the, the amount that this course costs, first of all, I would have never paid for it myself. I could never afford it. And even if I could, it's so much money that there's no way I would have, being able to gut the fact that I would do this. You could buy a small car for an amount of money that this course is. And, and I looked at the price. I was like, wait, there has to be a catch. There has to be a catch. And so I, I emailed him and then we set up a phone call. He said, listen, man, I see what you're doing out in the world. And I see what you're doing for these kids. I'm going to sponsor you to go to this thing. It's hundred percent on me flights, course, whatever you need. Uh -huh. And I was like, dude, this, there's no way, there's no way that this is real. And sure enough, it all happened. And this course changed my life. 
It changed my life. And it's one of those things that I continue to go back into fill my own well with the tools that I learned from there, the breath work that I learned from there, the meditation practices that I learned from there, the practices in compassion, the practices in hard conversations and forgiveness. And I just, I'll forever, that's again, the well that was dug because of that is like, I now have the tools to always fill my cup up. And uh, that's the first thing I thought of is like one of the most unbelievably life-changing moments in my life was that in the middle of the jungle on Peru, because I'm on my path, I met this husband and wife that are like guardian angels. And they sent me to this course that, that changed my life forever. Wow, Joe, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. It's all, it's all brothers it. like that. And it's almost like they didn't expect anything back. You know, they were just like, Hey, we see, like, I think it was uh, either one, one of you three, but I think it was Saber. Um, obviously it was one of you three. We just talked about it <laughs> um, said when you're on your purpose, other people will kind of just add to that. Um, and that's, that's exactly what it sounds like it was, you know, they, they saw you filling up your cup with water and, uh, they turned it into Pellegrino. <laughs> so you were saving that, were saving that up right there. <laughs> um, Javier, you got anything or should I go ahead? Uh, I'll still, I'll let you go. Okay. So the more that you, uh, the more that you guys were talking about that stuff, I've just been getting happier and happier. And I've been, I think now that it's, it's interesting the the more that I felt happy because I've listened to you guys tell stories about times that other people filled up your cups. I can think of so many times recently now that I might not have recognized it as much, but now that I'm in this, this state of gratitude, um, I'm able to recognize it. And I think the four of us could probably do a whole nother hour long episode on the power of gratitude. So I'll skip that for now. Um, but there's one that or two that come to mind very recently. One was this past Saturday. So I just moved to Raleigh last weekend. So I moved in on the 4th of April. Uh, this past weekend, uh, my buddy Derek was down, Tabor and I are friends with him, and he was a guest on our last episode, which was uh, the story series part one with Nate and Derry. Um, and we went to the Raleigh Farmer's Market about 15 minutes from me and uh, decided to get a coffee at this place called 321 Coffee. And I don't know if this is a chain or not, but basically what they do is they um, employ people who are on, I think, the autism spectrum or um, the spectrum of a variety of other um, things like that. And they just give them the chance to work at this coffee shop. And this one girl made someone a coffee and the lady who she made the coffee for was like, Oh my goodness, this is one of the best coffees I've ever had. Thank you so much. And just seeing the girl get so happy, like to the point of tears about something that she did for someone else was, was something that filled up my cup. And I don't think she'll ever know that. I don't know if she'll be working there whenever I go back or, or whatever for me to tell her, but just watching someone do something for someone else that, and, and it was cool watching them work because you think, Oh, they're just doing their job, but it wasn't a job. They were just, they really cared so much about making that, that other person such a good cup of coffee. And then in return, having that lady really applaud this girl for her efforts and big, you just, you did something good for me. You made my day better by giving me such a good coffee and seeing the impact that that made on her. That's something that neither of them did for me, but it definitely filled up my cup seeing two people just, do things to make other people happy and, and knowing that what they're saying is going to make an impact and make uh, other people's lives better and knowing that it takes a little bit more effort and a little bit more thought from themselves, but still going for it to do something nice for other people filled, filled my cup up quite a bit. Uh, yeah. What that just actually reminded me of Rohit is uh, something that you actually did for me. And I don't even know, I, I don't know if you remember this at all, but um 
I think this was maybe a summer ago uh, when you left the gym. I think I, I think you were going to school. I know exactly what you're about to say. Yeah. Yeah, and you handed me that letter. You handed me this uh, this handwritten letter. Um, I've never gotten a letter from anyone like that in person, and it was just you just being super grateful um, for me. From to me, I was just trying to do my job. I'm like I'm. I I had I had this like awesome connection with you. We had these awesome conversations, and then you just let by you just writing this letter and letting me know how that made you feel and how much you appreciated that. Um, to this day, I make it a point to recognize that in other people and make sure that I let them know because that that opened my eyes in the sense that I feel like sometimes we don't tell people enough like what what they're doing or what they what they mean to us or how much we appreciate them and all that kind of stuff. So you definitely filled my cup. <laughs> awesome, man. Glad to hear it. No, you helped me out so much throughout the years. Like I said, it was, it was half spiritual workout, half mental workout, half actual workout. And that's makes three halves, which is more than a whole. But that's what happens when you fill up your cup, baby. Dang. <laughs> um, that was awesome, though, man. I, I think, honestly, I think that's a great way to end the episode. I know, wholesome, wholesome right there. We're coming up on an hour anyways. We've all yeah. shared the stories. Absolutely um, incredible idea, Tabor, there. That was, that was fucking genius. You boom. wanted to... You want to do your classic one minute ask? Yeah, yeah, we got to finish off with that too. So Joey's already given his, so we'll just we'll hit up Javier for this one. Javier, we got uh, you know, I don't know how many people are listening to this, but m- more people than you could probably impact in one minute than anywhere else. So um, give us your best one minute, just kind of like how you live your life, uh, and, and drop some knowledge on our listeners. Um, all right. So one of the biggest things that I think has uh, really impacted my life is controlling the way I think. I feel like that's something that is so crucial and not talked about and not and, and misunderstood. So if there is one thing or a, or a message that I could give to someone who's listening to this that could hopefully impact or change their life, it's to take note on the things that you think about. The things that you think about are the things that you bring about in your life. And it goes with, uh, I mean, uh, it, you're, 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 the way your brain works is it's just looking for patterns. And if you're constantly thinking of negative things, your brain doesn't know the difference between positive and negative. It's just going to find a similar pattern. Um, and so, yeah, I hope that means something to someone who's listening to this. And if, if there's one thing that I have taken note that has definitely set me on a different path, it's letting go of the things that I can't control and taking action on the things that I can control and controlling my thoughts and letting go of everything else. Boom. Absolutely. Love that. that. Boys. Thank you so much for the time. This was a really fun episode. I'm I'm glad we got to do this. Uh, Joey and Javier, I hope you guys connect and are able to stay in touch and talk about this stuff some more. Cause I mean, like you guys said earlier, it's cool to have someone in the field who's thinking, the same way you are so hopefully that's a connection that Tabor and I were able to make for you guys maybe fill up your cups a little bit but absolutely unbelievable episode thank you boys thank you for everyone for listening episode 13 random people random questions peace peace